Hey everybody, welcome back to the Salmon Trout Steel Adder Podcast. We're here on the Washington coast with a couple friends of mine. We got some plans, we got some objectives here, going to be fishing some rivers that are not too far from the salt and have those coastal winter steelhead we're all a fan of. So I'm hanging out with Keith Johnson and Andrew Schnell, and uh, what's going on guys? What's up man? Hey so, Lucas, hey guys. Um, right now we're just tying some leaders. Yeah. Sitting at fish camp, getting ready for tomorrow. That's what it's all about. You know, a lot of preparation happens the night before. A lot of a lot of fish are caught in the in the tackle room the night before. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and a lot of snags as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I'm tying up, I always wonder like, I was like, which one of these presentations is going to be the one that ends up catching fish five percent like of them yeah like as i'm holding <laughs> right? them i'm like is this the one that catches the monster like or it'll is be this all the like... ones that i fish yeah like i'm making I sure i got a good clean knot right now and i just know this one's going to the first piece of wood we find tomorrow yeah, exactly but uh it should be fun you know it's winter steelhead season it's february uh we've had a lot of high water we've had storms and everything going on um but yeah, in your opinion, Keith, as far as the season goes, as far as 2024 winter steelhead fishing, uh, how do you feel about it so far? Man, I'm super optimistic. I cannot believe how many fish are around already. Um, That's really cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any fish of size so far? Not for me. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of searching for that one still. We've had some chances, and you know those big fish are. They're usually luckier than we are. Yeah. Um, that's how that went. But we've, we've landed a lot of nice fish, um, you know, some mid, mid-teen size and stuff like that. Um, we're just getting started. we got a couple months to go. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about something that you're rigging up right now. And uh, both you and Andrew do it. I'm usually doing it on a jig head myself, like an eighth-ounce uh or quarter ounce jig head with a worm sure but you guys are threading them on with the corky and everything tell me a little bit about that rig you're actually uh so right now it through what yeah are you, what are both of you guys running for hooks first of all uh, and is it an egg loop knot right there i love the simple snell knot simple snell. it kind of keeps that hook pointed the way it should be yeah um what size and what type of hook I have a two-watt Gamagatsu. I use that um, for two reasons. Mm -hmm. They're super sharp and super strong. And when you're dealing with these big fish, you need both. And uh, what pound liter are you working on? I have 20-pound Seaguar fluorocarbon. I will not fish anything less than 20-pound liter for steelhead. Yeah. Even in low clear conditions. Um, I totally get it. Here on the West Coast, you know, it's not the Great Lakes, and these fish... These uh, fish are big, and we're dealing... Not very line shy. They're not line shy. I mean... We got good fluorocarbon these days, too. We so. really do. And yeah. honestly, when you're fishing for these fish, um, odds are that fish that you're after might be the first time he's seen something that season yeah absolutely. you know but they're not line shy one bit yeah and would you want to hook a 20 plus pound seal hood on eight or ten pound leader and some really fast high water not me not me when you sure. can't chase them down in a boat because of the new regulations exactly. exactly yeah fish for the fish you want to fish for or the the fish you want to land yeah right most yeah. not all the other fish i mean beads yeah. like lighter line 
can be helpful because it tends to present better, like lighter line, lighter hooks, like will give a more natural presentation, if, especially if it's a smaller bead that like is more affected by the current easily. Like mm -hmm. that's the nice thing about big beads, like they don't come off of a natural drift as easily, like with like a mend or a line correction or anything. Like if you watch them going by in the water, they tend to kind of do whatever they're doing and keep doing it. But so lighter line can be helpful then, but like the downside is like maybe you lose more fish, maybe you break off. Um, and so like, I just don't like having to fish lighter line if I can avoid it. Yeah, yeah. Right now we're actually rigging up six inch worms. We're yeah. wacky yeah. rigging them, threading them kind of upside down onto a leader with a, a corky and a two out hook. And these fish are, you know, pretty fresh out of the salt, really. And like Keith said, not seeing a lot of stuff. So just getting something that aggressive, a reaction bait in front of them while you're moving down a system, and maybe that's the first bait they've ever seen, you know, they're going to notice it. And Andrew, are you running like the same size hooks and everything or doing anything different? That color. Um, the, uh, I like that one. That's a good color. On the wacky rig worm. Yeah, so it turns out Keith and I do ours pretty much the same way which is cool um the only <clears throat> thing i've noticed really so far that we do differently is like i added some and this is this is a secret i guess i'm giving this away but hopefully it helps some people um and it's it's not like i'm the only person doing this um anyway got the inspiration from the the worm walls article by josiah dar but the, yeah in the salmon trail steelhead yeah that's mm -hmm. yep. a yep. great a great one um, and so the uh, shrink wrap that I put around my worms is clear and then I'll put it in two different sections so that if you rig it wacky, one, like where the line comes out. Um, so like you thread the needle out through the heat shrink um, so that it doesn't tear out where it comes out of the worm. And then like one other little, just like little half inch or less sections of heat shrink and like one like halfway between the hook and where the line comes out so that um, it doesn't tear out there either. But it's not like heat shrinked the whole way, right? So it can still move around naturally and wiggle and everything else like that um, and not be unnatural. But at least you like, if the worm tears out or if you get it snagged and the line tears out of the side of the worm, right? It, like it's reinforced and you can kind of straighten it back out. And usually if it's like the last one of that color, at least you can keep fishing it for the rest of the day just by pulling it straight again. It'll kind of, you can kind of salvage it looking nice. at those worms they look giant actually i you know i'll i'll get the six inch worms but ultimately i'm uh, usually cutting them down an inch myself down to five inches or sometimes down to four inches and yeah i don't uh, think i'd ever show you know, this to for like a, a, for a jig fish. head <laughs> and, and a hatchery the, fish would yeah. have a panic attack no totally and you know what i gotta say that inland the farther inland you get, I feel like the shorter you got to go on your worms and the more selective they get. Because you've the more coastal, more. Yeah, the more coastal I get, the more worm colors I feel like work. work. And same with spinners, the more coastal you get. And then they get a little bit more selective inland. That's not always a hard and fast rule, of course. And that there's exceptions. And uh, bitey fish are bitey fish. But when you get a steelhead fresh out of the salt and it's never seen a bait before they are pretty hot and you know even keith like some of the summer steelhead we fish for they are so hot on the trail you could they'll be chasing down a spinner within plain sight oh man you can see them sometimes come from 20 feet away to crush it 
I've even had it where like you run one over with the boat accidentally and you're like you just make a Hail Mary cast up river you, you know better you're like uh, he's not going to eat it but I'm going to do it anyways and he does a 180 and chases it back to the boat and eats it yeah I mean steel those, can be yeah, nuts and not, can, and not that line shy seriously. and then there is exceptions of course and there's places just like Andrew said basically based on the diameter of the line and the difference between mono and fluoro yeah and what they're made of and how, uh, you know, mono can absorb water as opposed to fluoro. And, you know, there's different ways that they will actually float through the water. So running that, uh, or, you know, basically how the line cuts through the water. So running that 20 pound is no issue for the, you know, wacky rig. Exactly. I would uh, and expect. 25 pound, I mean, if you really, I, I never run 25 unless I have some guys spay fishing, which we did last week. And... Um, he hooked into five of them and he was running, that's insane. Yeah. He, he was running 25 pound cigar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's a line that's like pulled tight, right? Like if it's a, you know, drop jig or a drop worm on a jig head and like the line's going to pull straight anyway, like it's just going to like, you know, it just doesn't matter necessarily that it presents better. Cause like the line's going to be pulled straight either yeah. way. So in those situations, thicker line is like. It's not like we're fishing for, uh, you know, a resident rainbow trout that's lived his entire life in one hole. Yeah, yeah. and seen a million baits go through yeah. or something like that. Hatchery so. steelhead are interesting, though. Like, I had some days where I had to, I don't know, I just felt like it was a contest to, like, who could, like, size down to, like, six-pound fluoro and, like, nine-foot leaders. Well, when they're pressured 100%. And, like, I was going to say, when they're like pressured, and, yeah. especially small, beads, if you're know? small water, yeah. especially if it's slow. Terminal zone. If it's, like, a little slow hole, too, where they have, a, like, in, like multiple seconds to look at it first, that can be a factor. And when they've been fished over, they're they're a different fish. They, but they'll hopefully, get just like a trout. Yeah. Hopefully you're getting them before that. Yeah, you know, and exactly. if you do have to fish pressured fish, then do it. But if you don't have to, then you can be on the and move. Just hope you don't hook a big one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Un unpressured wild steelhead. That's <laughs> that's what we're doing tomorrow, and that's where it's at. And we're finally into, like, full-on wild fish season. It's time. I could not be more excited for, like, the any, next three months. Any cast you make for the rest of the season could be the biggest one of the rest of your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Tomorrow. Absolutely. It happens. Chances. Yeah, so... Anyway, uh, we're looking forward to it tomorrow. Maybe some wacky rig worms, maybe some beads. You know, Keith, you, you were mentioning earlier when we were having some excellent pizza or something like that about how uh, one day it was beads, the next day it was worms. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, conditions were not much different than yesterday. And they wanted worms today and beads yesterday. We fished two-thirds of a day without a single bite and I, I couldn't take it anymore put on a wacky worm within five minutes we hooked a fish mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see what is the case tomorrow and we're just going to give it a shot we might uh you know there's a little bit of uh rain the water's going to go up a little bit and then drop back down a little bit we'll see what happens sometimes sometimes those type of conditions i'll tell you i've caught giant fish on a slow rise and i've caught a lot of fish on a slow rise yeah even though they say rising water is not good and i get that i totally get that i don't have as much confidence in it it's better to have it on the drop but oh my goodness and i've heard this actually from a couple people like you just have to fish slower on a rise yeah you have to yeah you're you're not gonna get 
most of the time you're not going to get a bite your first couple casts in there it's like no you gotta wake them up almost yeah and because uh, they know the water's high yep and i want to get to where i need to do my business yep. yep and then again if you got a fresh one like move in and it, again it hasn't seen anything and a, a giant i i wonder whether to believe certain people that you and i both know that claim to have caught um I don't know. It's like conditions and everything. There, there comes a point when the when there's enough fish in the system that conditions only matter on the extremes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're gonna catch them in high water, low water. If there's just enough fresh fish moving in, it's Whereas, a numbers game, you know. Because yeah. you're not gonna get every single fish to buy it. You're, no. We're getting a small percentage. Yeah, of you gotta fish to think. Bite. You gotta think we are at the same time. I hope we're getting a lot of them. You know, when you, if you go through a run and it's prime water and you get zero bites and well, you presented everything, uh, yeah, I, I hope I'm not only hooking uh, 1% of the steelhead. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's that case. But. I think it just depends on the day. I, like, yeah. there's definitely days where I felt like there's way more fish in there and you're hooking just like 1% of them. But there's mm. also days where I, I felt like I've, like, hooked almost every steelhead that, like, could, could be in there. The, yeah. yeah, oftentimes, like, after, like, we had that cold snap, you guys remember? Mm -hmm. And, like, <clears throat> a lot of the fish that were already in the system, um, like, the first day, it warmed up, right? Like, before mm -hmm. the snow melted and, like, before we got a bunch of rain that, like, blew out the rivers. And the rivers were still low, but it was the first day that they, that it warmed up. Like, so it was a slow, maybe a slow rise or level, mm -hmm. but... The temperature warmed up like, I don't know, 10, 15 degrees and it had been freezing or below freezing for like five or six days. And I think those fish were just so lethargic and not feeding while mm -hmm. they were hunkered down yeah, or hitting happen. anything. 100%. Their metabolism just like came yeah. up and it was just like one of the most ludicrous days of hatchery winter steelhead yeah. fishing. Just That's like, how water temperature can do that. And you can have Stackville in a river and all of a sudden it gets super cold. Stack those fish... If they're in there, they might bite, but they may barely move your bobber, and you didn't even know it. Yeah. Because they just went up and nosed your worm a little bit. I've seen them in low clear water where they bump it. Don't even open their mouth. Like, yeah. you know they want to, and they're just like, never mind. I'm, yeah. I'm not in the mood for this. Yeah, especially and when I've they're I've seen lethargic. other times where they'll grab it and spit it out so fast that your float doesn't move. Yep. And then there's those times where you look away and then your bobber's down for like and it 15 stays down. seconds. <laughs> and that thing's just swimming around. And you get I, had, I had one like that. that I've was had it happen where I looked away and felt the, on a float, had a steelhead rip my arm down like it was like a plug takedown, you know? Yeah, like like just the other day, um, one of these rivers on the OP uh, went up to 22,000 CFS. We didn't know it was going to do that overnight, but... We started off the morning before that happened, and we knew we were going to be fishing on a rising river. We didn't catch anything. Yeah. For like three hours, we didn't catch anything, and it really started getting colored up. And I, I was at the end of my drift, and Zoe says something to me, and so I turned to talk to her, and like about a second later, line starts just getting peeled off of my rod. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even fishing anymore. Yeah. Anyway... Good stuff. Steelhead, looking forward to it tomorrow. Let's wrap it up. Let's get some sleep. Let's do it. Sounds good.